to our extraordinary women meeting today, uh, tagged when women share. And during this time, we'll share God's word that will help us to move forward in our lives as extraordinary women. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we have a word of prayer as before we start? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Thank you, Father God, because your word will go forth, oh God, this evening. In the name of Jesus, it will open up our hearts, oh God. It will lighten our darkness in the name of Jesus. It will comfort, it will strengthen, it will encourage, it will build up. In the name of the Lord Jesus, confusion will be dispelled in the mighty name of Jesus. Faith will be strengthened in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I hide myself behind the cross, Lord, and I say none of me, but all of you, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, O oh God, even for this time, O oh God, because, Lord, we will be encouraged and, and we will embrace the truth that we will hear this evening in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for the anointing that you have anointed me with, Lord, so you will anoint the hearts and the ears of my hearers in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to welcome the person on your left and on your right and say welcome. Welcome. Thank you to operating out of the overflow. Operating out of the overflow. Hallelujah. Operating out of the overflow. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And what, what, do, we, what do we call the overflow? The overflow happens when something is already full. Hallelujah. When a cup is full, when you keep on pouring and you keep on pouring, what happens? The cup will begin to flow, the, what, the fluid in the cup will begin to flow out of the cup. Hallelujah. And then it will begin to spread. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, our, God's desire is for us to operate out of the overflow that is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We cannot be a blessing to our world if there is no overflow. Because it is what spills out of us that will impact our world. If there's nothing inside, there's nothing to give. Hallelujah. If there's no substance within, there's no substance to give. Amen. And a lot of people are operating at suboptimal level because there's no overflow. And that is not the will and the desire of God for us. God wants us to experience his abundance in every aspect of our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. And this evening, we'll be looking at a story, or we're looking at a case study of two sisters in different scenarios. Our case study today, we'll be looking at two sisters. And I'm talking about the story of Martha and Mary. It's a very popular story, but we'll be looking at that situation or we're looking at these two sisters in two different scenarios. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke chapter 10 
and verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10 and verse 48, I'm sorry, verse 38 to 42. And in NKJV it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and that's talking about Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, that is, she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about so many things. But one thing is needed. Let's say together, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. One thing is needed. In the, the whole course of our lives, the whole gamut of our lives can be described as one thing is needed. In order to experience overflow in whatever aspect of our lives, one thing is needed. You know, when people talk about the word of God, the word of God, people keep saying, is it only this word? We have heard it so many things. We've heard it so many times. When you go here, they will say God's word. When you go there, they say God's word. Listen to God's word. Meditate on God's word. Here is the Lord saying, one thing is needed. Not many things. Just one thing. And so, that is one of the reasons why we emphasize on the word. You can talk about everything. Oh, how to make your marriage work. How to be a good wife. How to be a good mother. How to be a good worker. How to be a good corporate citizen. But one thing is needed. You cannot be exceptional in any of those areas. If this one thing that is needed is not established in your life, there is no way. And that's why we keep emphasizing the word. Jesus said one thing is needed. Just one thing. In order to be a better person, one thing is needed. In order to be a better career person, one thing is needed. You want to be a good wife, one thing is needed. You even want to serve in the ministry, one thing is needed. And he says, he has chosen that good one. So that one thing that is needed is good. He now said, it will not be taken away from her. That means that when you embrace the word, 
when you receive that good thing that is needed for your life, it will not be taken away from you. Let's look at the TPT translation of that same scripture of Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 to 42. Hallelujah. We're talking about operating out of the overflow this evening. In verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha. And she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. Absorbing every revelation he shared. In which case, what he was saying is, he was talking randomly. Jesus was just talking randomly. Maybe peradventure he was talking about how to make your business grow. And then he talked about, you know, how you can become a good corporate citizen. And then he went on to how you can make your, you know, your, your marriage work. And then he went to, you know, talking about, you know, living a good legacy for your children. He said he, she kept absorbing. Just like, you know, a sponge. She kept absorbing. She kept taking it in. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. She was the, you know, the perfect hostess. She was making sure everybody is taken care of. She was giving so much out. But very little was coming in. So she interrupted Jesus. And said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha. My beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Jesus called her responsibility to her guest as distractions. You know, our life can become a distraction. Our many activities can become a distraction. That we forget to absorb, to come to the place of absorption. So we give out so many, in so many ways, and we become empty. We get distracted by the activities of life. I was talking to someone. Uh, there was a meeting that was here earlier, and I was, and I said to the person, "Are you coming for that meeting?" He said, "Ah." I won't be able to make it. I said, but it's a once in a month program. He said, I know. But you see, 
I want to have time to build my, for personal development. I said, really? He said, you know, I go to work Monday to Friday. I'm so busy at work. When I come back, I'm so tired. <laughs> and I just sleep off. Today is the time for my personal development. As if spiritual development is not personal development. And I said, but you have ample notice. This is a once in a month program. I said, eh, but you know, I also have to plan for my life. And I said, hmm. But if it was work that they told you to come to, you will come. And I said to, to the person, I said, okay. I hope that you are feeding your spirit. Because if you are avoiding all of these important things or meetings, programs that can help to build you, to develop you, to grow you. I said, do you listen to start your day, right? Uh, no. Do you study your Bible daily? Sometimes. I said, ah. So your life is a, a bunch of distraction. The entirety of your life is like that of Martha. You are constantly having activity. But there is no substance. Everybody is seeing you busy. They are hailing you. But the one thing that is needed has been neglected. The one thing that is able to keep you, to sustain you, you are pulled by many distractions. You are the HOD of your company. In your department, uh, in the company, you are a father, you are a son, you are a, an uncle, you are a leader in the community. You, you are doing so many things. You are keeping everybody happy, just like Martha. You are making sure everybody is okay. But what about yourself? You are constantly being distracted. Hallelujah. Jesus continued, said, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I will not take this privilege away from her. Hallelujah. That was Jesus' response to Martha. Who wanted to, you know, make him feel at home? It was Martha that invited Jesus. If you read that scripture. It was Martha that invited Jesus into her house. It was Mary that got the benefits of the invitation. May our lives not be that we are the one that invited somebody to church. <laughs> 
You told them, come and see what the Lord is doing. You keep inviting people. But the one thing that is needed. Talking about operating out of the overflow. We can get so busy. That we are constantly being distracted. From the one thing that is important. We cannot over, overflow the issue. We cannot. Jesus said, one thing is needed. So, the entirety of our life is based on that one thing that is needed. Irrespective of what you want to become in life, one thing is needed. You want to be the president of this country. <laughs> one thing is needed. Trust me, the higher you go, the more the pressure. And that is why you see when people are so high up there and they don't have that spiritual substance, when they crash, it is huge. And trust me, sisters, <laughs> and for all those that will be listening to this, Life will always happen to every one of us. Life always happens. Hallelujah. So when Jesus came into the house of Mary and Martha, they both had different ways of welcoming his presence. They had different ways of welcoming him. Martha's way of welcoming him was different from the way Mary welcomed his presence. Martha was going about with different activities or Mary sat at his feet. Down at your feet, O oh Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord. I seek your face. I seek your face. For there is no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your That you can understand his glory and his presence. It is at his feet that you receive spiritual nourishment that can sustain you. Hallelujah. It is at his feet. At his feet. We need to start 
relegating ourselves to that, to that point where we tell ourselves that one thing that is needed, I will not deny myself of this privilege every day. Jesus called it a privilege. Folks, the world is a noisy place. It is very noisy. So much noise. They're pulling you left, right, and center. At work, you want to be at par. There's so much competition. Even the seat that you're sitting on, somebody's eyeing it. If they cannot pray for your upgrade, they will pray for your downfall. Hallelujah. I remember, where, you know, there was a place I used to work. And my boss used to say, my, my seat is not vacant. <laughs> because he knew there were so many principalities and powers in that seat. So, so sometimes... When he's, maybe he's seen, he's seen some moves, he will say, look, let me tell you one thing you don't know. I am not leaving this seat. My seat is not vacant. There are so many distractions. Everybody wants you to give them their best, your best rather. At work, they want to give, they want to take the very best from you. At home, your spouse wants to take the very best from you as a good wife. As a daughter, your parents want you to give them their, your best as their child. In your neighborhood, there's so much pressure on you to be the best mother, best neighbor. But there's so much we can do without the help of the Holy Spirit. There's so much we can do. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will not take this privilege away from her. Because it, this is where her future is being settled. This is where her life is being established. This is where she is getting grounded to face life. As a young bride, everybody is looking at you. They are expecting that you should become a mother. Am I correct? After the first year, they can give you sabbatical. By the second year, they started asking questions. What's happening? Do you need to see a doctor? If they want to be, you know, um, a bit polite or discreet, they'll say, are you, did you, are you people having a plan? It's all because they want something from you. Everybody wants a part of you, a piece of you. If, your, if that piece is going to go around, there must be more where you can take from. 
if you are going to be able to please everybody, quote and unquote, for it to go round, there must be more than enough. If not, you will find out that there is no, there won't be any left for you again. You would have given yourself out to everybody. You just find that you are remaining skeleton. Because everybody has gotten a piece of you. So where do you get that replenishment? Where do you refuel? He says, at his feet. Jesus was chiding Martha and saying, you are too distracted. You are going about doing everything. But the most important thing you have left undone, one thing is needed. You know, it, it, it hit me. Because sometimes you, you ask yourself, will people not get bored? Well, you keep telling them, oh, this word of God is the word of God. I've heard people say, ah, can't we even talk about something else? You know, like cooking. You know you can cook with God's word. One thing is needed. You see that one thing can, can actually work in every area of your life. Because it's divine. It is the one medicine that has the solution for every ailment, every problem. That one thing that is needed. Oh, you don't know how to submit to your wife, go to the word. Just sit at his feet. You will learn how to submit. You are full of anger. You get easily irritated. Just go and sit at his word. Sit down with him. And let him teach you how to be, how to be calm. Oh, you are so worried about life and everything. Sit at his feet. Don't be distracted. Just sit at his feet. He will show you how you can, you can rest in him. There are wars around you. Just sit at his feet. You will realize that you don't need to fight any battle. You know, somebody was saying, ah, oh my, you have to, you have to be on your guard. You have to be on your guard. You have to be on your guard. There are so many enemies around. There are so many enemies around. Oh, you, oh, you need to be on your guard. You have to fight. One day, I was just studying the word, and this word just came to my heart. He said, you tell your enemies to fall down and die. The, enemy, the devil will raise another set of enemies. As they are dying, he will raise another set. So you will keep fighting. Oh, why don't you just stay come unto me, all you that labor and heavy lady? And I will give you rest. And then you just tell yourself, the Lord will fight for me and I will hold my peace. Why do the heathens rage and the kings of the earth imagine a vain thing? The Bible calls it vain. That's what the Bible calls it. It wasn't vain. 
When the kings of the earth come together, it's not for a vain purpose. They have a purpose in mind. But God called it vain. They want to unseat in your office and say, ah. He that sitteth in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. Who is, who is putting them down? He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. One thing is needed. Hallelujah. They say, ah, nobody sits on these seats for long. He said, no weapon formed or fashioned against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment will be condemned. No weapon. Whether man-made, whether spiritual, it will like and make it from the under the sea. It is no weapon. The moment you call it a weapon, it has it, you've, you've, you've already given it a title. It is ended. One thing is needed. And you see, it will show. It will show. In tech language, they will say, guy go. It's garbage in. Garbage out. Whatever you put inside of you is what will come out whenever you need it. This is our life. And it is whatever we have on the inside of us. Somebody said, if you press a toothpaste tube, what will come out of it? Is toothpaste. If cream comes out of it, there's trouble. And there's no toothpaste that they make from the manufacturer that will not undergo the pressure of human being. No matter how beautiful the case is, it's supposed to be pressed. Hallelujah. The moment you breathe this air as a baby, you are going to be pressed. You are a product that the devil will press. Have you ever seen a car that was not brushed before? Not even in Nigeria, they will try you. If Okada doesn't try you, Marwa will try you. If Mara doesn't try you, even human beings that are passing on the road, have you seen them, they will bang on your car. You'll be like, can't you walk without touching a car? Must you hit it? Is he offending you? Hallelujah. The moment you breathe air as a baby, your race has started. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen them put needle inside somebody's vein and water comes out? No, it has to be blood. Or else there's trouble. So life will press you. I don't care how, you, how fancy you look. 
how cultured you think you are. Whether you've been to Harvard or Oxford or Cambridge, life will press you. And whether it is yeah, Mogbe, praise God, ouch, something will come out. When life presses you, something has to come out. Because your life is not a vacuum. So what are you loading? What are you loading? Is it distractions that you are loading? So you want to be the best employee. Okay, you are there. What next? Have you noticed that life, you never get satisfied of life? You never get satiated. I've not met a single person who has said to himself, oh, my spirit, like that man in the Bible, lie down and rest. Even the richest man is looking for the next business to take. Hallelujah. I was in shock when I heard that the richest man in Africa is going into automobile. I'm like, ah, ah, boss, calm down. Leave some things for people. But that's it. There's so much distraction. So man has conquered Mount Everest and they are no longer satisfied. They are going to the moon. They just want to conquer. There's so much of this. You just want to do something and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I was listening to the radio as I was coming to church this uh, this morning, and they were talking up. They were talking to children. It was a it was a children's show, and they were asking them, "What what what are you going to do for your parents? What do you plan to do for?" See huge plans from children. One said, "I I want I want, I will take my parents all over the world, and then I'll buy them a private jet." I said, "Correct." So from that age, he's already chasing after material things. One thing is needed. Now, let's look at these sisters. Some few, maybe weeks, months, we don't know, years down the line. In John 11, John 11, we're going to have a very long read. We all know the story. We're talking about the story of Martha and Mary. But this time, something has happened to them. In John 11, verse 1 to 40. Life happened. Just like it will happen to every one of us. There was a shaking, a massive one in their lives, a disruption that they were not expecting. 
How many of us will, will wake up one and they say, so how do you expect your life to be? Say, ah. By the time maybe we're 25 or 30, our brother will die. You would never think of that. You will always be looking at the, you know, the good things that can happen to you. You know, all the best things that you want to happen to you. Oh, by this age, oh, I want, uh, this one would have happened to me. You know, have you, have you ever thought of it when they say people should talk about their plans? Have you ever heard, in case I don't have children, maybe I will adopt. Have you ever seen it anybody's plan before? Oh, by the age of 15, I'll finish secondary school. Nobody's thinking, what if I repeat? So maybe, let's say, worst case scenario, 17. Nobody thinks like that. Oh, by the age of 20, I would have finished university. They never think that Asu will... <laughs> Asu can be a contributing factor to their plans. Okay, by the age of maybe... 22, 23, I'll be going for my master's. By the age of 26, 27, I should be thinking of getting married. By 32, I should have all my children. Is that not how we do it? But life is waiting at the corner and saying, be coming. <laughs> life is saying, be coming, be coming. You will come and meet me at 15. I will show you how to repeat. Or be coming. Your daddy is going to travel. And then they will tell you to repeat because the school, your educational system in your country is not the same thing like the ones abroad. And then you go two steps backward. Or they can say, sorry, in this country, it's 18 years that you enter school. So from your 16 that you are bringing your certificate, <laughs> you will be on pause for two years. It may not necessarily be a bad thing. Or you get a job, a fantastic job, and they say, oh, wow, we want so much. You know, we've spent so much on you. So we want you to give us two years of your life before you even have start, start having children. Pause. But we will pay you. So you'll be calling your money, Juliet and Julieta, for the next two years. And by the time they, are, they have released you, one doctor is saying, oh, we are noticing some hormonal imbalance. So let's look at John 11. I'm reading from the um, TPT translation. It says, in the, Beth, in the village of Bethany, there was a man named Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, Mary was the one who would anoint Jesus' feet with costly perfume and dry his feet with her long hair. One day, Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sister sent a message to see Jesus. Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Please come. When he heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. Thank God Mary and Martha didn't hear that message. You can imagine sending a message to me or Reverend and saying, Reverend, please come and say, don't worry. Sister Tenu will be fine. She will lose her job, but it's okay. They will reinstate her. Ah. <laughs> Are you for real? 
He said, you should come and pray. You are saying that she has to lose her job first. Why? It's for the glory of God. Which glory? So you want somebody to die first to show God's glory. Now, even though Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he remained where he was for two more days. Two more days. 48 hours is a long time in the life of a sick man. Finally, on the third day, he said to his disciples, come, it's time to go to Bethany. But teacher, they said to him, do you really want to go back there? It was just a short time ago that people of Judea were going to stone you. Jesus replied, are there not 12 hours of daylight in every day? You can go throughout a day without a fear of stumbling when you walk in the one who gives light to the world. When you walk with the one who gives light to the world, there's no fear of stumbling. What is inside of you? Are we walking with the one who gives light to the world? Or we're groping in darkness just like the rest of them, trying to find a way out. He says, but you will stumble when the light is not in you, for you'll be walking in the dark. And a lot of Christians, unfortunately, are walking in the dark because they're so distracted. They don't put God first. When you discuss about something about that, they'll say, please, let's, 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 leave, let's, let's leave God out of this. I mean, let's talk reality. Have you heard that before? What is your reality? Your reality that is that God breathed life into you. So anything out of that is, is not real. Then Jesus added, Lazarus, has, our friend, has just fallen asleep. It's time that I go and awaken him. When they heard these disciples re replied, Lord, if he has just fallen asleep, then he'll get better. Jesus was speaking about Lazarus' death, but the disciples presumed he was talking about natural sleep. Then Jesus made it plain to them, Lazarus is dead, in case you don't know. I've tried to speak in different ways. You're not hearing it. You're not getting it. He's dead, stone cold. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because now you have another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. Out of the overflow, walking out of the overflow, that you can see that dead situation. The boy is saying, the resurrection and the life is here. This is not dead yet. It's not yet done. It's not over until I win. People are saying, close that chapter. Let it go. Don't look back. What you said, the resurrection and the life said I shouldn't, because life will yet come. Have they said to you, look, this matter is dead. Move on. What did you hear at his feet? Did he say you should move on? If he said so, move. Hallelujah. So in verse 16, so Thomas nicknamed the twin, remarked to the other disciples, let's go so that we can die with him. He wasn't getting it. Sometimes things are not as, you know, um, somebody said, um, common sense is not common. He still said, Lazarus is dead. 
I'm going to go and wake him. Tom said, let's go and die with him. What has that got to do with what he's talking about? Now, when they arrived at Bethany, which was only about two miles from Jerusalem, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Many friends of Mary and Martha had come from the region to console them over the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. I want to take note of that. Martha said to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. That's the second thing Mary was saying. If you had come sooner, things wouldn't have gotten this bad. But I know that whatever you ask God, he will do it for you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. She replied, yes, I know he will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Hello? What's going on here? You just said, I know that if you ask anything of the father, he will do it for you. So he said, okay. Then your brother will rise and live. and say, yeah, I know. Everybody will rise up and live on the resurrection day. Is that what you asked? Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection and I am life eternal. You don't have to wait till then. The resurrection and life is here. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Then Martha replied, yes, Lord, I do. I've always believed that you are the anointed one, the son of God, who has come into the world for us. And immediately she left. This woman is not stable, is she? Then she left and hurried off to her sister, Mary, and called her aside from all the mourners and whispered to her, the master is here and asking for you. Seriously? Where did that come out of it? So when Mary heard this, she quickly went off to find him. For Jesus was lingering outside the village at the same spot where Martha met him. Now when Mary's friends who were comforting her noticed how quickly she ran out of the house, they followed her, assuming she was going to the tomb of her brother to mourn. When Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were with her grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. He said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. Seeing Jesus weep caused many of the mourners to say, look how much he loved Lazarus. Yet others said, isn't this the one who opens blind eyes? Why didn't he do something to keep Lazarus from dying? Then Jesus with intense emotions came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over its entrance. Jesus told them, roll away the stone. Guess who spoke again? Then Martha said, but Lord, 
It's been four days since he died. By now, he's already, his body is already decomposing. Jesus looked at us and said, I can't even say, which part of it didn't you get? We've been talking from home. Didn't I tell you that if you believe in me, you will see the power, you will see God unveil his power? Operating out of the overflow. See, it's very easy for people to know how light you are by what comes out of you. It's so easy. When you don't sit at his feet and learn from him and take that one thing that is needed, you will speak anyhow. Even when it is staring at you in the face, because your faith cannot carry it, you will not see it. Martha was too quick to speak. Remember what the scripture tells us? Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Hers was the reverse. She was quick to speak, slow to listen. Even when Jesus said something, she said another thing again. She didn't digest it. Why? Because her life was full of distraction. She was always about. She was always about. That was the description that they gave about a human being. That was her description. You invited somebody to your house and all you were doing is just kitchen matters. Cooking. Am I saying it's not good? But see, <laughs> there's time for everything. Your visitors will not die. She be you are the one that invited them to your house. If they don't like the fact that you didn't give them food, they can walk out. If you invite them another time, they, should, they don't. If they don't come, it's okay. After all, the Bible tells that it was Jesus he invited. Where where did the others come from? See, people will always demand for your time. You are the one that we need to prioritize and seek the one thing that is important and make it priority. If not, everybody will want to prioritize themselves in your life. Your boss will. There was a time in this in 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 the world that we don't work on Saturday. It was a taboo to work on Saturday. Am I correct? They collected the Saturday. They got away with it. Then they entered into Sunday. That is the way life is. They will, they will want to take everything from you. The devil will want to take everything from you. What is the purpose? So that you don't take, you don't sit at his feet and take the one thing that is important and get it. Because he knows when you get it, he's done for. Martha was too quick to speak. She was too quick to call other people. Something happens in your house. Tell you to settle down with the word. You tell everybody, you turn yourself to Radio Nigeria. You will suck on your mother. They will say, hey, sorry, sorry. You. Please say, hey, 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 I, need, I need help. I need help. I need people to pray for me. You can't pray for yourself. Even they are calling to pray for you. You don't know the kind of prayer they are praying for you. 
she was going to call others. Mary, master is calling you. He didn't call her. Her low level of overflow showed in her action. Out of the abundance of the heart. We will know now. That's what all our positive confession. Lord, I know. I know that you are the resurrection and the life. Anything you ask your father, he will give you. Then at the end of the year, I said, on the last day. Unstable as the water. What did, you, what did the Bible talk say about he that comes to him? Say, so don't have doubt in your heart. I believe that it was, it, it was based on what Jesus said, that it was for the glory of God. If it was for matter, Lazarus would never have lived. He would have stayed there. Because when Jesus wanted to wake him again, he said, it's four days. Leave him there. He's dead. Don't wake him up again. What you said you loved your brother. You said you wanted him to live. Now you got help. You said leave him. Let's wait till resurrection day. Ha! It's not by coming to church, sisters. Martha was in church. But where did she get out of it? She was up and down. Some people will come to church. They, if you ask them what they learned in church, fear. They didn't hear anything. Even if you are serving on that day, did you go back to go and listen to the word? It's available everywhere. On YouTube, on Facebook, on um, SoundCloud. Did you go back? That one has gone. Another one will come again. It will go. Hallelujah. It's not by attending services or, or attending activities. Are you settling down with the master? On the other hand, look at Mary. Say Mary was quiet throughout. We only heard her voice once. Only once when she said, Lord, if I had been here, my brother would not have died. And when God, when Jesus gave that comforting word, she trusted it. She, she, she took him there. You know, he was the one that said, where did you lay him? It was not a matter that Jesus said, where did you lay him? She was the one to, that went and then I said, she was crying, said, where did you lay him? I said, come, let's go. And when he said, open the, she didn't say, Pim, why? In quietness and confidence. She knew who she was dealing with. She knew he was the resurrection and the life. And if he says it, that's what's going to come out. She embraced his word. She knew that solution was available based on what Jesus said. She was operating out of the overflow. Remember, she has been sitting with him. 
She knows that whatever he said, but Sister Martha wasn't around. She has not seen him perform. She was, she, she just knows that, ah, they said that, ah, Jesus, ah, he's a very powerful somebody. There's nothing he cannot do. What about your case? Ah. Everybody believes that God is powerful. Is that not so? But in your own situation, is he powerful? We have heard of miracles of cancer being healed. But in your own, do you believe? That this one will go. Or it's other people that are using your own testimony about the power of God. Hallelujah. They say that there is, there is no job, there's no job, there's no job. They say, ah, there's nothing God cannot do. In fact, in our church, they are changing jobs. Have you changed? Do you believe that if you trust Him, you too, you will, you will, you too, you too, you too, you too, you too, you too, you too. You too will be part of the number. Or you are content with sharing the testimony of others. Are you willing to sit down and wait for him? When he says, just wait. I'm coming. Say, ah, hey, God, time is going, oh. God, hey, Jesus, time is going, you know. Ah, hey, you say, I should wait. I'm waiting, but time is going. But say, you can say, oh, come on. They have eaten everything, all the good, good things. They've eaten it. But you say, I should wait. I'm waiting, oh. Hmm. But the way this are going, there's no promotion again in this company, oh. You say, I should wait. It is you that say, I should not leave, oh. It is you that say, I should not live in this, this company, oh. Eh? But the way it is now, there's no fact. Nobody is even leaving any. They're not sacking anybody. Nobody is dying. Where will I get promotion? That was what was happening to Martha. Even after Jesus had promised. Even after she had made her confession. But we saw what was inside of her. From that which came out of her. You can't hide it. See, you can't fake it. You can't fake it. You can't fake the knowledge of God's word. You can't fake the revelation of God's word that you carry. You can't. Because when life presses you, we will know whether it is toothpaste that will come out or water. We will know whether it is the word that will come out or fear. We will know whether it is faith that will come out or unbelief. Out of the overflow. You want to experience the overflow, you better load yourself. Keep loading yourself. There's never a shortage of God's resources. What we have is a shortage of God's word in our hearts. He says his hands are not too short to save. So we don't have a shortage of the power of God. So why are we not experiencing the things that we, that we, want, to, we want to see in our lives? It's because that one thing that is needed is slacking. And you see, you have to operate it in different... You cannot say it's not one size fits all. You can't say, okay, you know, uh, if I put the word of marriage inside the, the word of prosperity, it will work. It won't. You have to get God's... That's why the Bible is complete. 
You have to get God's word concerning that particular situation and work it out. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 3, 7, 37 to 38. I hope you are getting something this evening. John 7, 37 to 38, and I'll be reading from the Amplified Classic as well as TPT version. Now, on the final day, that's John 7, 37. Now, on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who loves, believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. He says, he who believes me, cleaves to, trusting, realizing. TPT version says, then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowd, all you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Flowing from your innermost being. Just like the scriptures say. Hallelujah. So that it, it, what it means is that it is a shortage of faith that we have. Because we are not operating from the position of the overflow. We're not operating from the position of the overflow. When life comes to you, it is what is inside you that will come out naturally. It's, that's just it. It's natural. So if we're going to experience the overflow, like we've been saying, the overflow, the overflow, the overflow, it's becoming like a mantra. It will depend on the level of the overflow of God's word that you have and that you're operating. Otherwise, we will still be blessed. And that's the beautiful thing about God. We will still be blessed because his mercy reigns. But it will not be enough to bless others. And you so say, what is the essence of our lives if we're not a blessing? Praise God. And at the end of the day, it's really up to each and every one of us. You know, when the Bible talks about the sower going to sow, and it says that some 30, some 60, some 100. There's nobody that God said will be 30. Nobody that God said, you, in this category, you are 30. You, you will give birth to 60-fold. And then all those in that side, it will be 100-fold. It's as you like. Is as you want it. It's based on the deposits that you have. It's how rich you are on the inside that will flow out. Hallelujah. And folks, life, I keep saying it, life will come to every one of us. Because the devil will not allow you to enjoy life like that. Like you just have a, a, you know, 
a straight road before you are no. How can you come like that? How can you come like that? How? He will try you. Bible says that the thief come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said it. He has come to steal. To that's it. You will see a small child. This child will baby will have cancer. You'll be wondering. Ah, and devil, don't even look at ages. Ah, ah. This one is a child. They will see somebody has only one child, and then they will now go and kill that child again. Ah, ah. Don't you have compassion? You should go and be go to. You should go to the houses of the people that have twelve children. If one died, they will not feel it too much. But that one child, he will still want to collect. Hallelujah. So what is it going to be? God wants to give us the best. The best. That's what he has made available by the blood of Jesus. That's what he has made available. He's already available. But we need to receive it. And where will we receive it? At his feet. I want you to stand up to your feet. And just make a decision in your heart. That father, I'm going to do that which is needful. I'm going to do that which is needful. I'm just going to, you know, bury myself in your word. I'll keep filling my, my heart with the word. Updating myself. So that I will, I will enjoy the overflow that you have promised us. I want to enjoy this overflow. I'm tired of where I am. But I know I can't get there without God, without your word. Help me, Father. Help me to, to, to keep these distractions quiet. Thank God for start your day right with the Lord. It's a good way to start your day. Starting with God. Starting with his word. Father, help me. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, because Lord, you have promised us abundance this year. You've promised us overflow. Lord, we will all be a partaker of it in the name of Jesus. For those that are with that are here physically and those that are watching us online, every single one of us will be a partaker of your overflow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, because Lord, we will study to show ourselves approved of to you, God. A workman that, not to, that needs not to be ashamed by dividing the word rightly. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, because when we declare according to your word, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Thank you, Father God, because heaven will have respect for our words. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father God, thank you because every single one under the sound of my voice, they will experience your mega overflow in every aspect of their lives. In the name of Jesus. I agree with everyone concerning the area that they are looking up to you for. I call those needs met in the name of Jesus. I call those situations changing in the name of Jesus. I declare health to your bones in the name of Jesus. I declare health to your bones in the name of Jesus. I declare life to you every dying part of your body in the name of Jesus. I call 
dead businesses to come alive in the name of Jesus. I command dead careers to come alive in the name of Jesus. I command dead academics to come alive in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.